This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Dots Homestyle Pretzels. The fastest growing U.S. pretzel brand and a perfect complement to Hershey's salty snack offerings. It's Dots! I am Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) And I am his sister, Maggie. (laughs) And this is Ear Buddies. Man, I love, I love our pod. I love doing this. Just going to say that right up at the top. Just that I, I think this is the best podcast. Well, Tim, it had better be because today, uh, I bet, I bet Mm. this week there are a lot of podcasts coming out that are going to be talking about the exact thing that we are about to talk about. So we'd better be good or we're going to get lost in the noise. I'm uh, I'm excited because our second episode we ever did was about Taylor Swift's first re-record escapades, and we did not know then that her next album would be Red. Loving him is like traveling to Maserati down a dead end street. But sure enough. That's what she did, and today we are ready to talk about the two-hour, (laughs) ten-minute, 31-song odyssey that is Red, Taylor's version. Unbelievable, man! I, it's it's my favorite Taylor Swift album. I think I said that at the, at uh, in our first episode or second episode, and <sighs> anticipation has been high for me. How about you? Yes, uh, well, Tim, uh, this is in my top faves, uh, mm-hmm. and it at at the very least, it is just. Can I say a classic album? Because it's a classic album. I think so. Yeah. I think it's Taylor at her at the peak of her songwriting powers. It's the transition period kind of from country to pop. Yeah. So you get a little bit of both. And uh, the result is the bomb.com. And so this album was released originally in, in 2012, right? And now she has, of course, re-released it. Um, I think we all know this, but she's re-recorded everything in order to own her masters. Right. Um, we we all know this. Yes. And look, uh, the I think the party line as a as a poptimist, as a fan of music, is um, mm-hmm. to simply rave over Red Taylor's version. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I want to just get out ahead of any potential criticism of ear buddies here and and plainly state yeah. plainly state that mm. here at Ear Buddies we are big Taylor Swift fans. Oh yeah. She is she is mm, one of if not the best songwriter of her generation. Mm-hmm. She's tall. She's blonde, she's talented, she's very shrewd, yeah. she's very savvy. Um, she is an amazing woman with a lot of gifts. Okay. And we should also just, just one more disclaimer. Uh, we talked extensively about the context for these re-recordings in our, in our first Taylor Swift episode. I invite you to go listen to that. I don't think we need to retread that ground here today. Right. Every artist should do everything they can to have as much control of their own art as possible. Absolutely, uh, 100% think that this is a terrific idea on Taylor's part. Yes. So, all that being said now, Tim, mm-hmm. what 
Where where do, where does one begin here? What do you what do you want to talk about specifically with with this Red Taylor's version episode? Okay. I want to say that okay, two big takeaways for me. One, sometimes constraints, creative constraints actually lead to better creative output. Two, I think we're starting to see the um, limits on this sort of re-recording experiment. Once upon a time, a few mistakes ago, we're starting to see the cracks and, and where this endeavor may fall short. And Specifically, I think it's on her poppier stuff. Stuff that is more synthesizer-reliant and less organic, like her country music, is going to be much harder to recreate perfectly uh, or even um, adequately, I think. And it makes me super nervous for the 1989 Taylor's version. That's mm. my main takeaway. Yeah. Okay. I think that's absolutely fair. So, Tim, you've listened to all of all of this new release, I assume. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. have I. Um, here's the thing. Those songs, they're great. Really good songs. Oh, yeah. And it works. The re-recording certainly works. Um, I guess for the most part, you know, she's uh, almost almost ten years out um, using better technology, better equipment. She yeah. her voice has matured, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, tell me then, Tim, where for you does uh, which tracks or which vibes or whatever? don't quite aren't quite up to snuff for you yeah right um so let's yeah let me elaborate here i want to first play this track this is my show and tell track from our first taylor swift episode it's holy ground this is taylor's version i was reminiscing just the other day while having coffee all alone and lord it took me away back to a first glance feeling on new york time back when you fit in my poems like a perfect ride I play this to say that it rocks. I would agree. And it's very well executed. And I think that is because it's it's guitars, drums, bass, vocals. That's it. That's that's basically it. And that allows for some creative flexibility. You can nudge things, you can perform it a little bit differently, but it still feels pretty much entirely like it's the original song. Yes. Where we where we lose that is in songs like this. I remember when we broke up time saying this is it i've had enough because like we hadn't seen each other in a month when you said you needed space what then you come around again and say baby i miss you and i swear i'm gonna change trust me remember it may take a a, a, a delicate ear but this heavier pop production uh, i think is a lot harder to recreate let's take this chorus It, there's some hollowness. It, it, it's hard to capture. Matt, I want, I want you to um, expand on this a little sure. bit. But when a pop song is not just sort of acoustic instruments like guitars and, and drums and bass and, and piano and all this, 
and you start working in synthesizers and sort of um, things like, you know, reversed guitar tones and uh, pads and, and different textures, the whole equation, I think, gets much more complicated and therefore much harder to reverse engineer. And they're having to reverse engineer it because Max Martin mm. is not participating in this recreation of Red, although he was the mastermind on most of these big pop songs mm-hmm. from this album. He did not return to the studio, and so they're trying to recreate the vibes that he helped make, and I think it's not quite hitting the mark. What do you think? Yeah, so I would agree. Um, I think these these popular tracks that were very much the work of, of Max Martin and Shellback, who's another producer, yep. they uh, their fingerprints in the original were all over it. And mm-hmm. But I think that, like you said, when you start um, introducing just different, I guess, non-real instruments um, and these sorts yeah. of textures, like it's, it's a little bit confusing to think about how they did that, right? Because if it's like a synth patch on your computer, well, I know how to recreate that. Just load that sucker up again. The same, mm-hmm. one, same one you used in 2012... Uh, mm-hmm. do the same thing um, but I I feel like overall the production the end game of the production for these poppier songs on, on Red Taylor's version it just it just doesn't sound as good Now, is it unrealistic to ask for the Taylor's versions of, of these songs to be carbon copies of the original from nine years ago? I think it is unrealistic. And so I don't want to be too hard on her and the production team for not exactly nailing it and, and creating a perfect replica. But even apart from that, if if I give them that grace, I think there are still just some. It it, it almost feels like she's performing karaoke of her own songs in some cases. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and and truly, that actually that does worry me for the 1989 release because uh, that was very very much a Max Martin joint through and through. Yeah, and. Uh, if he's, I mean, if he's not gonna answer his phone for that, I mean, yikes. I, I, they, they can, you know, they can do it, obviously. Yeah. But I just, I'm worried because of how synthesized and electronic and poppy it is that it's going to sound sort of like a country producer producing a pop mm. album, which could very well be exactly what it is. The Okay, so my other small beef with this album is it's two hours and ten minutes long. <laughs> what are we doing? Well... What are, 31 songs man i mean okay and and i'm being a little bit silly because i i understand that a lot of this is sort of released from the vault uh and these are cool songs they tell you well you're young girls go out and have your fun she's got features for chris stapleton and for phoebe bridgers and some more ed sheeran on here and they're good i just am a person i recoil automatically from an album that asks for more than one hour of my time yeah tim i'm gonna i'm going to play not devil's advocate but i'm just gonna be the voice of the public here and the fan base um (laughs) nobody else thinks that (laughs) i think that 
I absolutely agree with you. But oh, okay. The, so I don't need to sound the the disagreement alert. No, 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 no. I'm I'm absolutely with you. But I, what I was saying is the okay. the Taylor Army, the Swifties, uh, they uh-huh. would prefer that it's four hours. So I understand. I I get it, and and I realize it's the original album, and then. A big pile of old music that right. we've never heard before. Some some B sides and rarities. Yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, it's yeah, it's nice. Like I mean, they're they're all good, um, and it's nice to have uh-huh. some. You know, it's not nice to hear Phoebe Bridgers, I guess. Um, yeah. When I'm nothing new. How long will it be cute? All this crying in my but uh, Tim, yeah. uh, well, I don't know how to how to approach this, but I I want to talk about yeah. so my my main point and main takeaway uh-huh. from this album uh, centers almost entirely around you guessed it all too well the <laughs> 10 minute version because yeah. because i think that that song yeah that 10 minute version yeah uh that is the sacred text yes for understanding exactly what taylor swift is about and up to and doing and everything oh. i walked to the door do you know what I mean? I do, and I really want you to expand on that. I would absolutely love to. Okay. Can we... Before you do, before you do, can I just play a little bit of the original All Too Well for comparison? You certainly may, yes. This song is ranked number one on the comprehensive list uh, ranking of Taylor Swift songs by Swift Whisperer Rob Sheffield at the Rolling Mm, Stone. Yes, yes. thank you for bringing him up. I'll come back to him. And I get and and I get why it's it is a darn good song. It is a beautiful song. It's fantastic. I it. Yes, I love like, it. Love it. Love it. It's five and a half minutes long on the original, and I'm fine with it. It's mm, long. Yep. And it's good lyrically. It is biting. It has some of the dopest melodies she's ever done. It's just. It is a clinic of good songwriting. It, yeah, it really, really is. I mean... The simplicity and the specificity and uh, the emotion, the whole thing. I mean, it's the song kicks. I think among the Swifties, you know, Rob is not alone in his deep love for this song. Uh, and so we, we as a community, were clamoring for a 10-minute version of All Too Well. And now we have it. And I would love to know what you think about it. Taylor Swift, uh, this album maybe in particular, and maybe this song in particular, is really... A Rorschach test, I think, mm. for um, in and if, if you interpret it um, in a certain way, then you feel a certain way about Taylor already, yeah. and you know that's I mean that's 
how I see it. If you if we are looking at the lyrics, uh, and we the are added lyrics. Yes. Well, that's the thing. Look, this is. I mean, we're talking about Taylor Swift. We must talk about the the lyrics. Yeah, um, totally. Well, <sighs> the added verses, mm-hmm. um, which which are being, I guess, uh, sold to us as some original verses that just didn't make the the final cut. Um, Tim, you've you've heard them. I've heard them. There is no way that Taylor Swift wrote most of, if not all, of those extra verses when she was writing this song in mm-hmm. 2010 or 11 or 12. There's no way. I have been thinking about this a lot. And I'm pretty I think that you are right. A f- the patriarchy keychain in tw- in, in 2012? 20- no. Like, let me let me back up just briefly here, because I know I'm sort of losing my head in in discussing this, and I <laughs> want to be measured. Yeah, center yourself, here, bud. Yes. So, Taylor Swift is not a poet, but she mm-hmm. is a very good lyricist because yes. I think because she's an honest. Um, Diarist, if that's the word, she's an honest chronicler of her own emotions. So these Mm -hmm. these specific uh, her her calling card, her stock and trade is the specificity of her lyrical content. Right? She's talking about uh, certain days of the week. She's talking about a you know particular scarf. She's talking about uh, these things that you have to believe. Right? happen to her mm-hmm. if she sings if taylor is singing about something uh in one of her songs it happened to her because she is the only narrator of her songs right which is an interesting thing to think about and that's part of the contract basically right it's we we trust that that her lyrics are autobiographical yes A- absolutely and and uh i think for the most part uh we have good reason to um, because again, that that sort of specificity makes it universal. That's why she has the fans that she has, and yes. why they're so devoted, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I think, like I was listening to the the whole album, and in context, there are some things where I'm like, that gives me pause. Um, I guess one example in uh, I bet you think about me, right from the vault. Yeah. Featuring Chris Stapleton, yes. Who, who is? I guess he he can only play songs that are in swung three quarter time, which is pretty funny. Um, But that's probably why she got him on there. And she she it's one of the it's her classic Taylor song, uh, and she's sort of yelling at this guy for being bougie and rich and Mm -hmm. and having organic shoes. Spoon gated community, glamorous, shiny, bright Beverly Hills. I was raised on a farm, no, it wasn't a mansion. And she says that she grew up on a farm and says that to contrast that. Uh, no, Taylor, you did not grow up on a farm, it was a Christmas tree farm that your dad, who was a stockbroker for Merrill Lynch, bought. <laughs> You were not like that. That doesn't work, and it works in a song. It works in a song really well. <laughs> However, you know what I mean. I mean, I, I heard I that. I'm like, I do, baby girl. We we all know this. You can't, <laughs> you can't do, you can't say that. Mm-hmm. And and y- y- most, I think, a lot of people can say that. But Taylor, we really expect actual honesty from her. Yes, which. Which then, that, all of that context being uh, sort of addressed and introduced, um, all too well, is sort of a minefield 
because it's 10 minutes long and she is saying all kinds of things. Yeah, it's and, a 10 minute takedown of Jake Gyllenhaal, we should well, say. Well, yeah. And and what's also interesting to me, Tim, is that the original was not really a takedown of of Jake. You know, like it yeah. wasn't it wasn't super spiteful and it was a little bit more uh, wistful and yes, regretful. melancholy, yeah. Yes. And but now, well, she she's salting the earth behind her on this song. Man, when it comes to fan service, it's Marvel and Taylor Swift. That's like they are the kings and queens of giving the people what they want. And people, Tim, you've you've been on Twitter. You've seen your timeline the last day or two, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody. Yeah, we're Yeah, we're we're ready to uh to drop that guy like it's hot. Absolutely. Exactly. And I mean, yeah, 10 years later. And it's just it's so funny how she uh went about doing this because look, I'm just going to I'm going to move ahead here with the just fully accepting the theory that she did not write those verses when she was writing the song originally, right? Can I mean, we can we embrace that? I'm I'm willing to wear that tinfoil hat. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, sure. we, we have will... we have lines like I'll get older but your lovers stay my age. From I'll get older but your lovers stay my age. It that is exactly what I was just going to point to because Tim uh Jake was 29 in when he was dating Taylor. Taylor okay. was 20. Taylor was 20. Yeah. So and he, I mean, he had dated uh, Reese Witherspoon and and Natalie Portman briefly. Jenny Lewis, interestingly enough, but that's just yeah. an aside. Um, and then he dated Taylor, and it wasn't like he had a very long history of like dating younger women. But now, Tim, now yeah. in now. in twenty twenty one, his current girlfriend is like, I want to say twenty five. Uh huh. Okay. Right. So Okay. So that's a fine line to write in 2020 or 2021. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I, if you told me that she wrote that right after the breakup or whatever in 2011, uh, I I nope. don't buy it. No. I it is it is it is it boggles, it stretches the mind to a place that it simply cannot go. And mm-hmm. you and you hear the verses and all of her thoughts, but like it doesn't ring true to me, which is frustrating because it's Taylor and it's supposed to ring true. Yeah. And you know, even even well, even her attempt at poetry with the twin flame bruise painting you blue thing, it's like that that was not you when you were twenty years old. You didn't write that. Hmm. You're doing that now. To be clear, I don't really personally have a problem with her ad, you know, editing or, you know, polishing this song uh in the studio here as she's re-recording it or 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 whatever. If this is not entirely um, you know, as it was on paper in 2012, that's fine with me, but when it's when it's pitched as such and when mm-hmm. the expectation is set that way, uh, yep. I don't know. It 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 does leave kind of a weird taste in my mouth for sure. Yeah, and, I mean, and that's that's sort of the whole thing for me because, yeah, like you said, if I guess you know, it would be a little weird if she still had more to say about Jake <laughs> this year. Um, <laughs> but it just felt sure. like she was doing a, a homework assignment because she mm-hmm. knew that people wanted it. And I just, the temptation to mythologize Taylor is yeah. irresistible, I think, to, to many people, at least to, to Rob Sheffield, for sure. Um, and I guess the whole Rolling Stone, Taylor's version staff. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I do, I get it. She's amazing. But yes, people, I mean, so... Rob gave uh, this album uh, a five star, re- perfect five stars in re- review in Rolling Stone, and of course he did because 
It's Rob, the first ever, Rob, isn't it? It's it's one of uh, it's like the first this year. I think there have been like a handful since the beginning of the decade. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, it's it's a very very rare thing. And mm-hmm. but like you ask if you ask Rob to write the review for Red Taylor's version, uh, I mean that's just that's just not responsible journalism, really. <laughs> I just I think there needs to be a healthy skepticism, and the fact that she. She she makes it so easy mm-hmm. to mythologize her because she knows about what this song means to people. She knows yes. that people are excited for it to the point where Tim, I'm sure you've seen some of this, but she there's a short film yes. called, about All Too Well because uh, I guess the song didn't tell the story well enough. But the whole point <laughs> is that the song does tell the story well enough. She's been yeah. sending out care packages tim to celebrities and they have red scarves in them like wow. that it becomes here's the thing man it becomes it, we're at the point now where it's not about the tunes oh boy right yeah. it's just yeah, it's no, just not right. <laughs> which is terrible because that the taylor's tunes are great but once you get to the point where you sort of believe all that all those things about your own art, that's when you are handing out packets of tissues at the Mm -hmm. screening of your short film that you wrote and directed, and on Mm -hmm. the packet, it says all too well, and you need tissues because you're going to cry. Come on. Our lodestar is is it being all about the tunes, and when you you stray from that path... uh, you're not going to do well with the uh, the ear buddies, that's for sure. And yeah, and I know I know it's our thing, but like, still, it should matter. I'm also I'm going to take a cheap shot here. I am bothered by the production decisions on the 10 minute all too well. I understand you probably need to do something to mm. keep it quote unquote interesting musically yeah. for 10 minutes. Right, it's but four chords. Th- yeah, but this is. It's like, it's like there's a knob in the studio, and it's the Antonoff meter, and she just turned it up to like eight. And it's just generic Jack Antonoff, mellow, yeah. mellow indie girl rock vibes for ten yep. minutes, and I am bothered by it it's yeah it's very annoying because the thing is again is like we've talked about jack jack is great taylor is great but you know if we care so much about this song in particular which we do right Mm -hmm. why is he just loading up his jack antonoff template into pro tools yeah and you know saying well (laughs) i've got most of it here i've got (laughs) the got all my favorite things let's do it Right. I, just, I mean, ultimately, I will absolutely always be listening to the uh, five-minute version. You know, if I want my all-too-well experience, this is this—it's a miss for me. Um, to your point about sort of uh, losing the plot on the tunes element, the album ends with a 25-second message from Taylor, which I'm going to play in its entirety now. Musically and lyrically, Red resembled a heartbroken person. It was all over the place, a fractured mosaic of feelings that somehow all fit together in the end. Happy, free, confused, lonely, devastated, euphoric, wild, and tortured by memories past. These are the original 30 songs that were meant for Red. I love you guys. Okay, I mean, I... <laughs> Gut check, pal. What do you think about including a spoken word uh, message to the fans on the album? What do you think about that? Well, you probably know what I think about it. <laughs> I hate it. And, I hate it. And also, the the sort of sprinkling in of her own lyrics. I know, man. It gives me douche chills in, uh, if you know, you know, that sort of way. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. (laughs) 
it's just not right to me. I just don't think it's a. Uh, I will listen to Red Taylor's version when I am ready to listen to Red uh, at any point because I support artists and I support workers. But of course, and I should also just as a fun side note, if you ask Siri to play a song from Red without specifying, if you just say uh, play. I knew you were trouble. At least on my Siri, it defaults to Taylor's version. So that's kind of interesting. I have no doubt that it does. Taylor has got the world in a vice grip. She <laughs> is in charge of everything. Um, and uh, again, that is a reason I love her. She's very, yes. very, very good at what she is doing. And I don't just mean the music, because as she continues to be herself, uh, it feels like the tunes, the simple, those simple tunes, are sort of taking a back seat. And frankly, I just, I just wish they wouldn't, because I hate to. It's, it's hard for me to see a really, really good songwriter mm-hmm. um, prioritizing things besides being a good songwriter and I mean, that's, Taylor that's knows me. that, yeah Taylor knows that but, she's God you know she's she is the god of pop music and and when she speaks and when she does anything there are disciples there to jot it all down I mean we're we're all uh, hanging on her every word every tweet as innocuous or meaningless as it is, gets 500,000 likes. I mean, we, she is, she, as you said, has the world in the palm of her hand. And just the very process of re-releasing all your old music, taking a victory lap, essentially. I, I know that's not the purpose, but in effect, it's a victory lap on all your old hits. You know, it just leads to further uh, mythologizing of the Swift experience. And I don't know if that's good or bad for that experience, for yeah. for the the, uh, the Taylor Swift saga. Yeah. I, you know, I know, speaking to the army here, I know that Tim and I probably have differing opinions than maybe even most of the army. I don't know. Maybe. Um, which, is, which is fine for once, because I, I, this is... You know, we are coming at it from maybe a, a different angle, and and for me personally, I just like I don't want the songs to be worse um, ever because mm-hmm. she she's thirty one or t- two years old, and she's could very well be like at her peak still, and I guarantee she's got a lot of amazing songs left to write. Totally. Um, I just, I just hope that we hear them. I, yes. I suppose. Absolutely. Ear buddies will continue in one moment. This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by North Dakota's newest billionaire, Dot. Matt. Hey, Tim. Can you believe it? It's so nice to see a North Dakota girl win, isn't it? (laughs) That's our Dot. Belva's own. That's our dot. The news came down Wednesday. The dot's pretzels will be acquired by Hershey. Your chocolate friends. They're coming for dot. They want her pretzels and they were willing to shell out $1.2 billion to get them. Whew. Oh, that's a lot of zeros right there. That's a man, lot of oh, zeros. Man. Uh, Dot is uh she's she is 
the queen of pretzels. Or at least she was. Now I assume she is uh, has her eye on, you know, a yacht or two. And, <laughs> uh, you know, some sort of... Uh, in stock portfolio right better um, better roads for velva maybe <laughs> <laughs> who knows <laughs> uh and and now and now dots pretzels maybe they're gonna have chocolate poured all over them or something <laughs> who knows what her she has in mind uh but you can bet your bottom dollar that uh that delicious taste that salty experience is only going to be made um, better, I think, by Hershey. Well, you've got to assume that Hershey, that a big multinational corporation like Hershey has nothing but Dot's best interests yes. in mind. Yes. Um, so I'm sure that nothing will change. I'm sure that the original vision will continue forward as Dot would have liked. Um, and it's just... Look, a lot of people on the message boards are, are saying that dot sold out <laughs> yes they're saying things like that's not very punk rock of you dot <laughs> they're saying things like aren't there any indie pretzel companies left anymore with these big <laughs> companies coming around to snap them up they're saying things like if she was a real artist she would have just continued distributing through uh, her prior distributor, and and maybe not even left her own kitchen. Yeah, and Things her like next that. her next batch of dots would have a little middle finger emoji with Hershey next to it. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. On the next production line, right? Because that's that's punk rock, baby. That's how you do it. Right. It is. But and it what? Look, it wasn't very punk rock of Dot to sell her pretzel company to Hershey. Wasn't um, even very Velva. Wasn't even very North Dakota. <laughs> no, it frankly was not. And look, okay. Obviously, Dot gave us part of her windfall for this ad. So I don't. And no want small to... part, to be clear. It's... <laughs> well, it, yeah, it was. Uh, it's more like one point one billion she has now. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> right, drop in the bucket for Dot, but for us, mm. holy smokes. Yeah, well, yeah. I just think, I think what probably happened, Tim, was that it wasn't so much that she wanted the money, so much as she wanted to sort of flex on another good old North Dakota boy, um, Doug Burgum, because he, reports say that he, back in the day, sold his company to Microsoft for a mere $1.1 So smokes. Hershey's comes around waving that (laughs) check in your face, and it's a little bit bigger than what Doug got. I wouldn't (laughs) be able to say no either. I totally get it, Dot. Do you think that this paves the way for a Dot Hanky for North Dakota gubernatorial run? Well, that's always the question, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, Look, I wish I knew her politics better. I think she's mostly about pretzels. Um, But now... (laughs) Man, now she's got money and free time. Holy cow, that's going to be... I mean, that is a recipe for... (laughs) For politics, baby. For politics right there. She is just... I mean, there's no reason not to at this point. She's got the name recognition. She's got the money. Um, She has the time now that she's not mixing up that spice mix in her kitchen. So... I could absolutely see it happening, and uh, I sort of hope it does. I think that would be good for us, good for the I state. I think so, too. This is a uh, a success story unlike any other 
uh, other than Doug Burgum in North Dakota. And maybe Josh Dumel. Uh, <laughs> but frankly, I don't think Josh is a billionaire. No. Look, if we're being honest, it's Dot and Doug. It's just <laughs> Dot and Doug. Right. Tier one, it's Dot and Doug. And then, like, way down on, like, tier three or four, you've got Carson and mm-hmm. uh, Josh. Yep. And Wiz. And <laughs> we are happy to welcome Dot into this upper stratosphere, into the uh, sort of fat cat zone of uh, of wealth. Yeah, welcome to the fat cat zone, Dot. It's Dot's Pretzels, soon to be Dot's Pretzels by Hershey, (laughs) featuring a chocolatey blend of something. Proud sponsor of Ear Buddies. Welcome back to Ear Buddies, and Buddy, uh, we did it once with John Mayer, and I think it only appropriate that we uh, do it here again. A little game of Where Are They Now? Featuring the ex-boyfriends of Taylor Swift. What do you think? Absolutely. You can't, you can't talk about Taylor... And this is on her without talking about her exes. So uh, let's get after it. Right. It's part of the whole experience. And so, I, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's go kind of through with uh, some bigger names. Joe Jonas. How's Joe doing today? Joe Jonas. Well, Tim, I know he's married. And he, um, yeah. he's gotten a, a haircut or two since he was with Taylor, and <laughs> he I, is in a successful band with his brothers. Mm-hmm. He's, he's around. He's doing fine. He's uh, married. Uh, in fact, I would say he's he's doing perfectly fine, as uh, he is, he is <laughs> Mr. Perfectly Fine, after all. Very good. Uh, yes, he is. He really yeah, is, no. though. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's literally his nickname. Um I got one. Yeah, please. Harry Styles. It's like strawberries on a summer evening. Yes. How is he How's doing? How's Harry doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we all know Harry's doing super well. He's uh, on tour right now, Love on Tour. Mm-hmm. He's uh, beautiful. He's gifted. Um, and... Hey, Rob Sheffield of Rolling Stone loves Harry about as much as Taylor, so I wonder if they ever hang out all together. I was going to say, the three of them, Rob could broker a peace deal or yeah, something there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, we we have talked about Jake Gyllenhaal, who uh, has a lot of songs dedicated to him here on Red. I'm. They dated for like three months. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very long. It really wasn't very long. I mean, that, and that's fine. We have Olivia Rodrigo doing a whole album about a guy. Yeah, she yeah, dated yeah. For like three weeks. Taylor so. was look, Taylor was twenty. I you can get a lot of mileage, a lot of mileage out of three months. Now, someone who dated Taylor for quite a while was Calvin Harris. And I met you in the summer. To my heartbeat sound. We fell in love as the leaves turn brown. Now there's a name you don't hear often. <laughs> what is Calvin Harris up to? He's uh, 37 years old. He has been uh, well. He's been busy producing singles. He he worked with Dua Lipa, uh, Benny Blanco. He uh, he did a song with The Weeknd recently, um, you know. So I I think if you are an EDM head, you're probably thinking about uh, old Calvin more than most. Yeah, Tim, but I- it seems like his 
more than one year relationship with yeah. Taylor. Yeah. Uh, did not uh, change, you know, ruin his life or anything. So that's good. I had for I had forgotten about him. I got I got one last one. Uh, Please. Might as, might as well close this loop. John Mayer. Yes. Dear John, John. Mayer. <laughs> John, uh, we know how he's doing. He just released Sob Rock. Uh, he's busy. He's crying. He's being self-aware. Yep. He's he's better now. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's the best living guitar player. <laughs> he's fine. He's he's perfectly fine as well. Not Mr. Perfectly Fine, but he is perfectly fine. <laughs> um, honorable mention, I guess I would give to Tom Hiddleston, who... Uh, oh, man, she's, yeah. she's had quite a life. I had forgotten about him, too. <laughs> amazing, amazing work. And I, I uh, was not sure... I was talking about this with Courtney last night. We we were saying, did she write any songs about Tom or Calvin Harris? I certainly uh, don't think so. Well, the answer, according to the Taylor Swift uh, wiki, which I trust, is yes. Mm. Uh, and in fact, <laughs> the track Getaway Car off of Reputation is about both Calvin and Tom. So that's yeah. juicy. Two birds, one stone. Your mind, but I didn't mean it. And you didn't see it. The ties were black, the lies were white. That's great. See, that's... Do it efficiently. <laughs> what? Date seven people and then write one song that, about them. That is so... That is so funny to me because she she did one album, mostly about one guy, maybe two. Yeah. And then as time goes by, she's like, I could probably deal with this emotionally. Uh, just at the same time, pack everybody into that car, into that getaway car, and uh, yeah. Drive it off the cliff. That's yeah. so funny. Man, they, they must not have a lot of... Uh, charisma those two to to be treated that way i would love to see on like cnn or c-span or something a meeting a council of all taylor's exes get them all lined up and then have taylor there and just have a talk yeah i at this point that couldn't be that would only help i don't think that would it would really hurt anyone's feelings or it would just be it would be good tv that's all good tv i think it would be pretty good well buddy that's all we have to say about taylor for today yeah for today we'll see though we'll see talk to you soon pal talk to you later buddy (laughs) 